0: <laughs> Alright, we are ready to get started For the first time ever, we're almost on time Yeah, this is impressive, only three minutes late And and this is a testimony to the
1: incredibly cool guests we have this week I mean, like, I am super jazzed This is the most jazz I've been since Pete Hines was on the program This is amazing Welcome to the here. show, Peter
0: Generos.
2: Hey, thanks for having me guys, I'm excited to be here well, Absolutely
0: we are, we are excited to have you So, uh, if you guys don't know Peter is lead designer, technically is your your title, uh, over at Sparky Pants, but he does kind of everything over there in one way, shape, or form. Man of many hats.
2: Yeah, I mean, that that kind of defines our studio in a way, is lots of folks wear lots of hats, and that's just kind of the way things are, um, you know, dictated by circumstance, so. yeah.
1: Well, you—you we, I mean like we when the Sparky Pants transition came around, we made a list of people we wanted on the show, and you were top of the list. So, thank you so much for joining us. Um, I know that uh, we—we we've, we've got some pretty cool things we're going to get into tonight, but I—I I just really want to say, first of all, that uh, Sparky Pants is the hardest company name in history for me to remember.
2: <laughs> I don't
1: understand that.
2: It seems like you should be able to remember that, Justin.
1: You should, and and I should, because it's it's fun, and it's silly, and uh, <laughs> I'm ridiculous, but like I, I have probably missaid it a million times.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's fine. I know you've met Justin once before in person, but as you get more prolonged exposure, you'll realize it's not shocking at all that he can't remember it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, look, we've got we've had 45 episodes It's me talking about myself, so we're not yeah. going to get into why I have a horrible <laughs> memory.
0: <laughs> but yeah. yeah. Peter, Peter uh, speaking of talking about yourself, he's going to get uh, blessed this show, because if you can't tell, I'm a little under the weather, which means likely less long-winded rants from me. Um, he doesn't Thank have God. to be subjected to that. No <laughs> so Papa Charmer mostly. going off.
2: Just Justin rambling at me, asking me weird questions. I'd, awesome. I'm looking, looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah.
1: All right. Well, let's get my, speaking of wearing many hats, let's get interview hat on. Uh, so I, I think people, this might be a lot of people's first exposure to you. Um, so sure. just, I was just curious, Peter, like what your, your background is with gaming uh, in general? Like h- how did you become a gamer?
2: Um, so we had a Clico when I was a teeny tiny little guy, you know, back in like the early eighties. That was my first gaming experience, but I didn't, it didn't really grab me until I was at my friend's house one day. And he had a Nintendo, and I played Super Mario Bros. for, this time, for the first time. And my little, like, six or seven-year-old mind was just blown. And it's kind of gone from there. Um, For CCGs, like, that was a bit later, like, when Magic first came out. Um, I think I started playing Magic right around, like, the transition between the Dark and Legends, thereabouts. Oh, cool, so, cool, cool. Way, old way school. Back in the, yeah, way back in the day.
0: Yeah, that's, uh, like, uh,
2: late 93, 94-ish or something like that, right? Yeah. Um, and stuck with that for a couple of years, through about Fallen Empires. But at that point, you know, it was high school, and my friends were stopped playing, and it was getting expensive. So mm-hmm. just kind of fell, fell out of it. But I you know, have checked back in every so often just to see you know, what the game's like. And was pretty excited to hear about this Legends game that we were gonna be working on. So. Well,
1: it's gotta be cool to not only be working on Legends, but also be working with some some really high profile Magic professionals on the design team.
2: Yeah, I mean that's a recent thing uh, that's been really friggin' cool. Just from a like both a personal and professional standpoint. Like you know, for yeah. the, for a long time for a long time it was just me on the design team on Legends. So yeah, you know, talking about wearing many hats, and, and I do a lot of pro- <laughs> I do a lot of programming too. So it's just like a uh, little bit little bit hectic. You might you might yeah you, know, you might guess, but, but yeah. Um, so we Josh came on. Back in August, and like we threw him right into the fire by sending him to the Master Series, but he did amazing. Um, yeah,
1: yeah, he was great there.
2: Uh, Josh is a great guy. He's super smart and obviously a really talented player. So it's been a treat to have him on. And yeah, we're great. we're having uh, Paulo Vitor joining us in like a week or two, and that'll be great. And then you know this that guy Jason, I guess uh, <laughs> some folks might know him, and then. Uh, yeah, then we have Ryan starting in a couple of weeks too. Um, he is like, he is not someone I expect folks to know as a like a household name, but I am super excited for him to be on the team. Um, he is so slow background. Like our team is very left-brained as a whole. We're all very analytical, analytical you know, think logically about stuff. Ryan is a great designer, but he's right-brained, which is We were very thirsty for that because he brings a a creative spark to the team that I think we were really going to benefit from.
1: Well, if you're ever looking for an additional creative spark that's definitely a right brain kind of (laughs) guy, you're looking at him right here.
0: (laughs) I've already told him that whenever I have an idea, I say, Justin, would you play this? And you're my sounding board for exactly that.
1: (laughs) We have had many conversations like that, actually. Yeah. Um, So, I guess we should backtrack a little bit. Um, Sure. How did you get started with Sparky Pants? I mean, tell us about the company and and your involvement.
0: Yeah, I really want to know, and I'm sure a lot of people would be interested, how do you go from somebody who loves games to working in games? Because that seems to be something that a lot of people don't understand, how a transition like that occurs. Yeah, I mean,
2: for me, it was part luck, which I think is that's the tough that's that's the part that's tough to tell people to explain like there's so many people that want to get into games that you need you need some kind of edge whether that's you know, you know being in the right place at the right time or just know someone like that's kind of that's the x factor in a lot of ways and like for me it was my buddy John Hawkins who is a senior designer at big huge games now um he was working at big huge back in the day so I, I, to understand Spark, you have to kind of understand big huge games a little bit um, that's the, that's the company that worked on Rise of Nations, Rise of Legends, uh, Settlers of Catan. Uh, and the first Settlers, iteration. by the way. Yeah, yeah. Um, we, we did a Xbox live adaptation of it that was pretty well received, uh, but we're, we're diverging a little bit. Um, yeah. And so Big EG Games, uh, my buddy Hawkins was working there. And so a few years after, after college, I was doing defense contracting and just said, I don't want to do this anymore um that's fair <laughs> uh yeah it wasn't i mean it was fine it wasn't for me and i was talking to hawkins one day and he was like well i could probably we can see about getting you an internship up here at you know at pikachu games so i was like all right let me drop this you know well-paying salary job to go earn no dollars an hour at this internship <laughs> um but it worked out like uh you know, we had we had done a lot of stuff in college. Like we played Age Two a ton in college together. Um, just yeah, he thought I'd be good at it, and turns out I'm still here. So I think that means I was I must be pretty decent at it at least. You're uh, talking about Age of Empires too. Um, that and designing games. <laughs> yeah, no, I
1: mean, I mean, that was the game that you guys played together.
2: Yes. Cool. Um, yeah, and yeah, so it was, it was cool because the first project I actually worked on at Big Huge Games was the age three expansion pack that we did there. Oh, so cool. um, that was my first, you know, that's how I cut my teeth in industry was doing random map design and implementation. So. Um, and so to, I've, I've gone off, off the rails a little bit cause we're talking about Sparky. Um, <laughs> but so the reason I bring up big H games that in that iteration, because a lot, a lot of the guys at Sparky now were at big H games then, or came along later during, you know, during the run of big H games um, and a lot of our culture is kind of informed by the culture of Big Huge Games. Um, so, you know, a dedication to stability and, you know, like, having a good work-life balance. Like, you know, we're not, none of us are young anymore. So, we all have kids. So, we like, you know, we appreciate a good work-life balance. Um, What's that like? I, I couldn't tell you for the past year or so. <laughs> it hasn't been great, to be honest. Um, but no, like, it, even with all the hours like the team is amazing um we're all really close everyone respects everyone else's need to you know sometimes you should need to get away right so like if people want to take a day off just because they just are getting burned out that's totally cool um like my schedule is really weird these days because half the time i'm going to pick my kiddo at daycare so i'll like disappear for an hour in the afternoon to go get her come back and hang out with her so my wife gets home and you know, just that kind of the cut. if it feels nice to work at a company like that i guess like we're pretty tight like to, close bonds so
1: that, that's really cool i mean like i i work at a agency that you know, we have 17 staff members and it still kind of feels like a family like that and i came on board when there were 10 and if 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 you feel like you know you, you've heard too many horrible like i work in mental health if you heard too many horrible stories that week and it's friday and like you just You know, you're not going to be much good to the to the clients that day. There's an understanding there, right? Like, hey, man, just just take the day off.
0: Yeah, I work for government, so uh, they (laughs) at least for my day job. So basically, what they do is they make me want to go see Justin um, (laughs) and talk through.
1: Dude, our one of the most depressing experiences I have every day actually is my my daily Twitter conversation with uh, with Derek.
0: That is accurate i cannot even dispute
2: that a little bit
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> i get hazard pay for talking to
2: him uh, <laughs> above me on. <beyond>. yeah um <laughs>
1: so that's great um it
2: yeah, did I actually like... answer your question sorry
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's okay you're you're already in the spirit of the show like i love yeah. this yeah,
2: yeah. you didn't
0: like you didn't once mention marvel or dc or anything so i think
2: the answer is no Okay, sorry, I'll, I'll try better next you time. Need, you
0: need to get off the
2: rails a little bit harder there, sir. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was too close to the subject matter still. I'll try and, I'll go further afield next time.
1: I've already stopped myself from telling two prison stories. Like, that's that's how good we're doing so far.
2: <laughs> because that's
1: why I was asking about Age of Empires 2, because I had a story about prison about Age of Empires 2, and it's just... Uh. Anyway, I digress. So... <laughs> You, have, you guys have had the Legends contract for what? About a year now?
2: Um, yeah, a little short of a year. I think it was actually signed like mid or late December last year. Um, okay. I wasn't actually on the project till about mid-January, so I couldn't tell you for sure. Um, yeah, a little under a year.
1: And um, now I know you, 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 you guys made Drop Zone before you made uh, you started working on Legends. Um, what was the period, uh, you know, of transition between? drop zone era of sparky pants and the legends era like i mean what was that like
2: i mean it was hectic like we were you know we're pretty transparent about stuff so i don't think it's bad of me to say you know we were we're kind of scrambling like it was a very tough transition period like you know when when we lost gameforge as our publisher like a lot of folks in the studio let go we're in kind of a very pared down mode. So we were basically just providing some support to Drops. at that point. Uh, We ended up picking up a good amount of contracting just to kind of bridge the gap between Drops and whatever came next. Um, And so there was a lot of, you know, there's a lot of exploration happening in in tandem with that contracting. So whether that was going to be finding an external partner or like what was going to be the next thing for us internally. um, Yeah, it was, it was a tough time, but that's, you know, that's kind of, that's not uncommon in this industry i guess yeah. i would say um like you look at you know like what happened, like telltale recently like right all, right i love their walking dead game so i was really sad to see that the you know the, the final season might not see a conclusion um mm-hmm. but you know that's a you know that's a pretty common story that it always makes you sad to hear it i guess
1: why yeah. do you suppose that is
2: I mean I guess this is not really like a useful question but like you know
1: I do notice that like publishers or not publishers but uh developer developing companies just mm-hmm. kind of just end overnight sometimes.
2: Yeah, I mean part of it I think is just I don't think anyone's really figured out how to make games well yet like at a at a management level because like you look at the industry as a whole and crunch is a huge problem. Like that's why it means so much to me that Sparky is like yeah, we don't we don't want to do crunch. We understand that sometimes it's necessary. Um, but we do, we do everything we can to avoid it. And so that just leads to lots of burnout. Um, you know, features get expand, a lot of feature creep, like games mm-hmm. go beyond scope. Um, and just developing games is, it's always very tricky and there aren't very many people that I think that can do that kind of long range planning that is required to, you know, take a game from planning a pre-production all the way to ship and actually do it on time like that's that's an immensely difficult task.
0: Yeah, so obviously I, you know, I'm an outsider looking in, but I've worked in several positions with software development and things like that in mind, so mm-hmm. um would you say that it's cuz I imagine uh, it's probably like two ends of the spectrum. The one side is for startups a lot of times is people with more of the creative mindset the people who want to make the game kind of running things and they don't necessarily know how to manage yeah right i think about like software startups and stuff in my area or people i know personally who kind of went down that path who have great ideas but not necessarily um like the business side tacked down and then on the other end of the spectrum for games if it's like super corporate already if they're not seeing the returns they expect, they're more likely to just shut it down. And there's no, like, happy medium in between. Is Again, as an outsider looking in, that's kind of the way that I would assess it. But I'm curious what you would say.
2: No, I mean, well, I guess that's what I hope you find is that kind of happy medium, right? Where we're, we're not scrambling. We're not, like, in danger of being shut down. Um, yeah, it's... Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I have a great answer for your deck. I think if I did, I'd probably be much richer than I am right now. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> I, I mean, I, I have uh, obviously less experience in software than one of you, but I, I, think that on a personal level, like, I found like that uh, as more of like an idea guy and not really much of an implementation guy myself. Like, for, for, like my relationship with with you, Derek, actually has been like super beneficial in this way because you're structured and organized and kick my ass when it needs to be kicked. Um, because like frequently, like I think that like kind of like a number of people who want to get into gaming, uh, in, into the development of games and stuff. There's no shortage of like creative people in the world, right? But there's there's a there is a shortage of people who like can rein them in.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think that's fair. So that Justin just saying we, we need more derricks in the world, right? That's what that's what that's what the world needs more derricks. I don't know if that's <laughs> necessarily right. I just think that,
0: um, you know, they make the P- Justins look good. <laughs> Uh, Peter and I have, you know, had the opportunity to meet and talk a few times before, and I just think that a lot of it it comes down to recognizing your weaknesses and then trying to pair yourself with people that really help, right? There's a lot of things that Justin is fantastic at that are are struggles for me, and I recognize that, and I can lean on him for those things, and Justin kind of does the same, so I don't know if I would say it's more Derek's as much as it just is, like, finding the balancing uh, parts, pieces for whatever team it is or whatever you know, project you're working on, I think that that's just really, really crucial. Yeah.
1: I totally agree. I mean, I think you could extend that to, to all relationships, really, you know I mean? Finding people who who you can enjoy things together with, who but shore up your weaknesses, I, I think it, is clutch in, in friendships, uh, romantic relationships, all sorts of things, and, and professional ones, obviously. I mean, I can't tell you, how, like, so I have this tendency <laughs> to talk about myself and how awesome I am time my wife does a great job of making fun of me and telling me to shut up
0: (laughs) yeah and i do that when she's not around
1: yeah derek actually when we're together derek does the same thing and actually derek has literally pulled me out of traffic before
0: (laughs) yeah that's that's a true story in seattle i stopped him from walking in front of a bus
2: wow
1: yeah true friends right. right there we are, yeah, I mean, it's exactly the case, you know, it's it's that uh, that willingness to be vulnerable so that, like, somebody who can help you out helps you out, and it sounds like Sparky Pants is that kind of place for you, you know, to work.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's actually interesting because Sparky is, this this project is kind of the first one that I've been a real lead on. Like, I've done lead, lead on some smaller stuff working on my own stuff on the side a few years back, but, and it's been kind of eye-opening working with Josh because he is miles ahead of me being you know in terms of play but he's also a fantastic designer so it's being the lead i think as i've discovered is like you know a lot of finding what your people are the best at and what they're better you than than you at and letting them kind of you know take take the lead and go ahead and just make cool stuff and that's that's been very different than like what i'm used to where i've always been the i've always been like myself little self-contained unit like just yeah. making making cool stuff and working within a large larger team, but now I'm I'm up above and you know, yeah. Looking looking down and
0: but see what in in my experience that's actually the sign of a good manager, right? Uh, as somebody who does management themselves, there's like this really awkward transition where you're used to being the guy who has all the answers. A lot of times that's how you get the opportunity to manage, is because you're the reliable one, you're the one everyone leans on. And then when you get into that position the the faster that you can realize i don't have all the answers but i i can i know who does or i can lean on them i think if you can be humble in that sense then that that's great so
2: yeah no i i i got some good advice from a good friend of mine uh colin campbell who is now i want to say he's working at respawn now he was at he was also a big huge in the past and he was recently at bioware montreal um yeah he just he i was talking to him a little bit about he said yeah man there's always there's always people people smarter at you it's just a question of you know how you how you let them do their stuff basically so
1: cool so you guys had for for a little around a year sparky pants had the legends contract you came on board in january yep and uh the three of us first met in the end of May, beginning of June.
2: Yep. So
1: by that point, you have been working on it for five months. Mm-hmm. What What were those five months like? What, I mean, what's a day like? What was the big picture like?
2: Um, so immense amounts of research, um, lots of like working on the game itself. So lots of coding, uh, working with Pranus, who's our track director to actually, you know, figure out the game rules, get them into the engine. Um, and so my days kind of changed quite a bit over the course of that, just because of our shifting priorities. But like initially, um, like everyone had lots of questions about how the game worked, so I would do like a full day of development, and then at night I would like I would play or watch streams for another like four or five hours. So just you know, not not contiguously, just because that's very tough uh, with a small child present. <laughs> but um, yeah, just just trying to spend as much time as I could possibly just like getting up to speed on the game mm-hmm. uh, and trying to get not terrible at it too, which I think is important. Uh, but right. then as... So probably right around the time House of the Modern came out, my time ended up being... I didn't have nearly as much time to actually play the game at that point. Okay. Uh, so it ended up being you know, full work day and then a little more work day and, and just trying to get as much stuff as we could done because uh, the schedule it was... Uh, we were we were aiming for a pretty ambitious schedule to start with, but I think we cooler heads prevailed and we <laughs> <laughs> we sent it out. And like, it, yeah, and I think this this kind of touched on what I think one of the questions you wanted to ask, Justin, which I might be stealing your thunder here, but mm. just the idea of like release and you know how we how we took it and yeah yeah you know, it wasn't perfect by anyone's you know by anyone's definition of the word, but. Like as especially as like a seasoned veteran group of developers who was used to doing super high quality stuff, like it felt even it felt worse to us, I think, because you know, this isn't something we would ordinarily have pushed. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, for as much pain as the community went through while we were figuring stuff out, like yeah. we felt it too. Um so it's been really good to see the game shaping up over the past couple months. And like the reason that it came out when it did, because that was that was like a hard date. Like, you know, the old client was going away whatever we had at that point was going to get pushed. So we, we we got the core game, I think, as long as we possibly could um, in mm-hmm. that time frame. And the other stuff still being worked on, obviously. Uh, but I think I'm pretty happy with the arc of progress we've made, I think. So. Yeah. I
1: mean, even just from where when we first played it uh, at the Summit um, in Maryland to when it came, when, when we had it in our hands at home, <clears throat> A few months later, was remarkable.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think you, yeah. you kind of the community kind of gets that feel now because like they see our patch notes, which are just like pages long. Right. That Gavin has to compile, and he hates us for it, but he loves us because he's the QA manager, and he's like, "Oh, all these fixes are so good." Um, <laughs> yeah, so I mean that that like that pace, the pace of the patch notes is like, you know, that's actually probably slower than the pace that we were doing development at because people are actually. Try try and rex a little bit. Like we're still we're still burning pretty hard. I think in terms of hours, but yeah, it's it's much different now than it was before ship. Um,
0: I good. I I just wanted to step in and and ask a question that kind of came to me. Uh, after you met us for the first time, when we were at Bethesda HQ, were you? Did. I want to know what your initial impressions were with us as a group because i you know we haven't really talked a ton necessarily publicly i mean we have but we haven't about how we kind of all divided and you i think we're trying to demo the game and got a, a team of qa testers right and there was like a notebook that came out and people were taking notes i just want to know what your like reaction to that overall experience was like were you expecting us to try as many wacky things as we could were you ready for the justin larson effect or did you like even. mentally did you expect it to go differently i'm just curious
1: dude you sit mad oblivion when i next to each other for three hours like we're gonna do some we're gonna do some dumb shit okay like that's just yeah. what happens yeah
0: well me and ian trashed uh a lot of different things pretty hard as well i don't mean trash like in a bad way i mean like we were also like we just kind of turned into QA testers, and I was—I'm just wondering because I've never asked Peter this—if that was the way they envisioned it, or if they thought it was going to go different and it just kind of devolved.
2: No, I mean, I didn't have a great idea what was going to happen there. Like, I figured you guys would just play... like, you know, it was just a—it was just an opportunity for you guys to see the game and see where I was at, and it wasn't. I had no preconceived notions of what what it was going to be like, so I wasn't sure if it was going to be a bunch of angry yelling at us for hours or if you guys were like oh this is cool or you know somewhere in between. So it was good like for me like i figured if you guys were trying to break the game that means you're at least you know passionate about it, right? Um, <laughs> which oh, is yeah. yeah. So it, it was like you like you just gave up or like you know, flip the table, i'm out of here. This is worthless <laughs> like yeah. You know. Oh, it's Good. Sorry, I was just, I was just gonna answer Zombie Hunter's question about what issues hit and run cost back in development. Uh, I don't know, Justin. Do you want to do you want to tell? Like you actually broke it, so you could probably tell it better than.
1: Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, that's as close to a green light as I've ever gotten to talk about that. So, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> um. <laughs> well, I mean, the short line, short of it is that I was I was I wanted to play Alduin, was what I was trying to do because I wanted because there was a lot of cool effects and I wanted to see what Alduin did. Uh, so i was like oh man hit and run is a great way to fill my discard pile with dragons <laughs> so i played hit and run and uh cards started like like the end of a solitaire game like flying out like all over the place and stuttering around the screen and stuff and uh i could i mean i don't know it just it just stopped working entirely <laughs> like there's just stuff floating cards floating and then and then it turned out too by the way that the cost reduction of an Alduin didn't work
0: <laughs> yeah it, um, you know, I've talked about a little bit about it in the past. in In the client, like the cards actually have like a physical, um, like space that they take up in the client. Because I've talked about being able to like snatch them out of thin air mid draw animation before. And so basically, when Justin played Hit and Run, if you've ever like won Solitaire or something like that, where like the cards kind of like cascade across the screen on your PC, it was kind of like that, but with Legends cards.
2: Yeah, it was. It was, re- it was really cool. It was a free cell victory screen. all That's what it
0: was. That should be the new uh, Unite the Houses animation, actually,
2: instead of the wall. (laughs) Yes. Just random cards all the place. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) uh, Just somebody
0: flips the table over, right? It's just.
1: (laughs) We, uh, you know, (laughs) that was a really cool experience. And I have to say, like, I I went into, like, I knew about the client switch before then. But like I, I hadn't seen it till then, and uh, going into that meeting like with you guys, I, I, I didn't, re- I wasn't really concerned. I was just intra- curious, you know. But mm-hmm. I left that meeting feeling like super optimistic. Everybody seemed like they, it seemed like everybody gave a shit, you know. Like, and that's what I like to see, like people who cared about legends and cared about the game, and like, uh, were so invested in the game that they wanted to talk to the community about it. And the community is like the heart and soul of the game to me, you know. Mm-hmm. So I thought that experience, like, it, it reassured me anyway.
2: No, it's good to hear. Like, uh, we are big on community involvement. Um, it's tough, just because, not not specifically on legends, just in general, because you know folks are passionate about games. So whether that manifests in people being really encouraging or positive, or they get angry because they think if you're ruining their game, like that kind of realization on our part. That's like you know that's all just passion. So it's a question of how you can channel that. Um, and like we, we've had experiences where we've taken those people that were angry and negative and you know, if you just talk to them most of the time they're like oh you know I, it feels good to be listened to basically
1: um, yeah so. well that's the perfect segue then to, to something you touched on a minute a few minutes ago which is uh, you know days day one day zero I don't know actually which one it is but the day that the, client, <laughs> the new client switched over what I mean what was that like just on a personal level and then I guess as a follow-up like what was the office like that day
2: um i mean i can only tell you what i can only guess what the office is like because uh, I, I work remotely i live in charlottesville virginia it's in the offices okay. in baltimore um oh, okay personally it was kind of nerve-wracking especially because i i was let's see like i was out of town for something like that had been planned months ago but I, at this point, I, my brain's fried. I can't remember what it is. It's been a very long week. Um, you work, you work eighteen it? hours
1: a day, man. It's okay.
2: <laughs> wasn't it something uh, with your daughter or something like that? Uh, probably. I don't. I don't know, man. It's. <laughs> but yeah. Um, but you know, I was still checking up on Slack to see how everyone was doing, and you know, there was lots of fires to be put out. Um, people were pretty frantic, but I think at the same time, like, there's still, even with. The as kind of as on fire as so much stuff was, like having the game out and just kind of being done, it's kind of cathartic and like lift the weight lift off her your, off your shoulders in a way. It's like, cause you're not, you don't have that sense of anticipation and tenseness anymore. It's like, you know, it's done now. How can we, how can we make this better? Um,
1: you, you broke the seal. And so now it was, the water was flowing. <laughs>
2: Yeah, if you want to go to a drinking analogy, that's fine. Uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> Actually, the exact opposite would have, I tried to do professionally, so I kind of fucked up <laughs> there, but. <laughs> like... Well, that's fine. <laughs> so, I guess I, I, I want to, I, maybe I should back up one more day, day minus one. What did you think the reaction was going to be?
2: Um. Again, honestly, I had no idea um like it's half the like half the stuff that we ran into the first day was stuff we had never seen in testing just because you know the amount of like you can only do so much load testing and you're not you, like and even stuff we're seeing recently with like a lot of the slow like the database slowdowns and stuff and like failure the like, query failures like that's just there are certain things that are never gonna show up until you're actually in a live environment okay so you know trepidation but anticipation and hope i guess would be the, the day before um yeah i don't know if there's a better way to sum it up than that okay
0: frankie hot dogs in chat asks why is charmer hiding peter's chin it's actually his whole mouth because oh. peter's not really there what's happening is is i'm not talking at the same time as him because it's really me just pretending to be peter this is all pre-recorded uh he's not really there What's if that it, show? If there it's pre-recorded,
1: the with the guy
0: behind the fence, uh, uh Home, home, home improvement. improvement. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, was it Wilson? Was his name?
2: Yeah. I'll just go. I'll go down a little bit lower. I'll be the Wilson today. Here we go. Nice. There we go. <laughs> awesome.
0: Derek, if you want to join <laughs>
1: him, we could we could perfect this show. Actually, just just have me here. Y- yeah. There we go. <laughs> <laughs>
0: my wife says shoe on head if shoes not on head it's not pre-recorded
1: i don't i don't have any shoes down here
0: yeah that's why we know it's pre-recorded
1: wait but we just we just addressed chat oh my god your wife's in on it
0: yeah (laughs) of course she is Uh, speaking of people that complete you
1: no, this is a great example of that thing about like finding the people who, you know, fill those gaps in you, like that we were talking about. Like, your wife's here being supportive. You're, you're feeling a little bit low today because you're not healthy. Uh, my wife's not here, not in the house. She doesn't give a yeah. shit what I'm doing.
0: <laughs> well, my wife is mostly mostly here to make fun of me. Uh, I said just before we went live, you know, everyone in my house has been sick for basically like two weeks, and I was like, the last one to soldier through. And here's my first day, like, actually not feeling well. And what do I hear? On day one? Oh, you got a man cold? Oh, boo-hoo. Oh, I've been dealing with it for two weeks. Like, I get no sympathy whatsoever. None.
1: <laughs> man cold?
0: Yeah, that's what she calls it. <laughs> not just a cold. It's a man cold. Yeah, well, because a man cold is worse than giving birth, don't you know? <sighs> yeah, Santa makes fun of me every time too (laughs) yeah
1: (laughs) like oh is it raining justin are you not feeling
2: like damn it
0: all right (laughs) so i was gonna say next next that we kind of wanted to transition to before we get too far off the rails right um we wanted to talk about uh you know legends in the current state both kind of from a a client and performance uh standpoint and potentially from a meta standpoint and you know, your your own personal thoughts, maybe Justin and I will also yell into the void a bit as well. Um, but I guess we'll let you lead since, you know, you're the person everyone wants to hear anyway. All right. Um,
2: I mean, so I think the clients made huge strides um, since it first came out. So I'm pretty I'm pretty happy with where it is right now. Uh, we actually, um, Jason Coleman and Pranus today, that's our CEO and our tech director. Uh, we're scrambling to get stuff uh, ready for a deployment for next week. Um, so that's that deploy is aimed at addressing all of the the slowdowns and the database failures that have been happening recently. So um, that'll be coupled with the, the next patch that's coming out I think which in the future we'll have separate patch notes for like the backend stuff like because you, you you shouldn't need a new client for that. So we'll have separate patch notes for that. people will just say, oh cool, it updated. Um, The stuff is fixed, hopefully. Um, and so, in general, our, our kind of look forward for the client is, so once we get things stable, um, we'll try to actually, you know, improve stuff going forward. So now that we've kind of, we're approaching stability, we'll look more towards more polish, um, new features, you know, make stuff better and cooler, which has kind of always been our goal. Um, as far as the meta, um it it's interesting because I don't think the frostbark stuff has caught on fully yet. Like I think people understand it, but I don't know if all the decks that can be made with it have been made or or not. Um but yeah, I mean we are cognizant of the community sentiment. Um that might be one of the first things I work with Paolo on when he gets here in a couple weeks or whatever. Um you know, cuz that's kind of his thing, right? As he is immensely talented and he's immensely good at identifying what's powerful um and what's not and so i think we can couple that with kind of the community sentiment which is you know much more much more of a barometer of popularity than strength necessarily um and i think we'll be able to develop a pretty good patch or balance patch from that um, that's my hope at least um, i kind of a... oh sorry go ahead. I would say, like, we we don't have great analytics data yet. We're still working with Bethesda to get that stood up. So it's not as simple as saying, oh, okay, let's just look at win rates of cards. Um, like, we're, yeah, we're kind of, yeah, we're doing a dead reckoning style where we just know we have to kind of pick a point, go in a direction, and figure stuff out from there. So. Uh,
1: I, I kind of have, like, a, a philosophical question, about, I guess, about game balance. Um... Mm-hmm. Because it's something you touched on. Um, obviously, like, all of these things are important. Um, balancing around perception, you know, subjective reality, and, and balancing around, like, the numbers, right? The, the, the objective reality of the game. Um, is there, like, a, an approach to balance in, in a card game that you view as, like, more important? Or, like, to what extent are both of these factors on your mind when you're considering these things? I guess is my question.
2: Yeah. Um, so personally, I guess I always try to balance from the top down, but and that that means balancing based on what the top, what the your most skilled players are doing, because uh, then the changes should hopefully filter down, and you're not you're not hopefully not ruining the experience for anyone in any particular egregious fashion. Um, but in terms of philosophy, like it, a lot of it depends on what you're aiming for. I guess like if you're just aiming for just a crazy kind of fun experience, then you don't necessarily care about when the raid's totally, like, fully. You, like, you might be more concerned about perception in that case because you want players to, you know, enjoy the cards they're playing with and to enjoy making cool stuff happen. You know, go on journeys like you do, Justin. Like, you want to... Mm. Totally. This, hunt, this is why I play, man. Cut <laughs> the Iron Astronaut, right? so <laughs> oh, fuck. Um, yeah. Uh, that's no problem. Um, so I think a lot of it depends on the game. Like, Drop Zone was we we made we were making a very hardcore rts style game um so we we were very cognizant of balancing from the top down in that um legends it's a little bit more in between just cuz legends you know it has some some random effects but it doesn't it's not super crazy anything goes like hearthstone like it's much more controlled variants, i think is the the proper term folks like to use um, mm-hmm so there's a little bit more leeway and you know it was it was funny cuz you know the the patch that came out i think after it was announced that we were working on the game but before we actually released the client so the patch before the master series um that was a lot of that was mostly back and forth with Christian and I uh CVH and we weren't certain about what we wanted to do but like we knew that drain vitality was actually like a losing card at that point so but the put the you know kind of getting what you're talking about the community perception of it was just so so biased towards it being oh god this card is ridiculous like right it needs to be something needs to be done so that was kind of why it, that was a big reason why you know drain specifically got nerfed in that case even though it was a losing card yeah. um yeah like I, I think i i guess the my answer actual answer to your question is it's kind of a case-by-case thing uh, yeah there's no there's no you know, one thing one 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 size fits all answer for you here so.
1: no i I really appreciate that and I think that's probably you know the, the right answer right because like I mean I, I look at it like this personally like uh most players I don't know I don't even know that most players do any net decking at all especially mm-hmm. in legends you know i think that uh, there, like even though like my my personal channel and my own philosophy about this game is sort of like a hyper casual one just sort of like a novelty oriented one like i think that it's probably like single digit percentage of the larger games community that has ever even seen one of my videos right um and, and i'm a bad person to net deck but i'm probably the most <laughs> visible well, i mean just being real like i'm probably the most visible person that they could net deck um, so like making sure that the people who are playing on their phones, uh, you know, casually a few hours a week are having a good experience, I think is, is a, a, of at least a financial, uh, you know, financially significant decision. Right. But then you're also right that like, you know, if the top players are all playing the same two decks, their experience will filter down. Right. Uh, even even if their decks don't necessarily do that their experience will and that the, you can engender this sort of like you know uh, emotional malaise about like the state of the game even if it's only you know happening in a small microcosm right
2: mm-hmm. so
1: like addressing both players concerns is is totally reasonable
2: yeah and i think it's it's very tough to do both those in tandem in some cases but you know that's kind of it's kind of the ideal is everyone's happy right and you're not right. just kind of and you're not hitting a compromise where everyone is super unhappy <laughs> yeah but sometimes that's just kind of you know for game health that is kind of what has to happen sometimes um but we'll see we'll see what happens um yeah we'll see where happens.
1: i guess there's one more follow-up on this tangent if that's okay yeah um is it i mean i think i know the answer so i'm gonna Post this in like a leading way, but like, <laughs> is your philosophy is your philosophy to uh, to change the meta through new content rather than through balances, if possible?
2: Um, we'll definitely be looking to do both. Um, that's like new content's definitely on my mind personally, and I don't, yeah. it's not it's not probably on everyone's mind, right? Yeah. Um, but you know, it's, balance is always going to be a necessary thing in my mind because you know. Same thing as I said before about you know you don't you don't know how things are going to react till they're in a live environment. Players are always going to find stuff that we don't find, or, or they're going to build decks we didn't think of, um, and so like that's not that new content isn't always going to be the the right answer for that kind of problem. Um, so I think balance is always going to have to be, you know, cognizant, and especially like I would love to see the competitive scene for the game grow. So that's not like. New content is kind of its own worst enemy for in that way because like if you're constantly releasing new content for the game in order to keep balance problems from coming up, then you're you're kind of making it difficult for people to actually form a competitive scene because the meta is always changing. Um, players are kind of they don't ever have a great feel for what what is good and what's not. So like there is a there's some time some timeline um, like between like. Two and four months, where like the it goes from being the con- new content goes from being fresh to being stale. Um, you know, kind of finding the sweet spot there and combining it with balance patches, I think, is hopefully the ideal way to go. Um, so, people, players are getting new content. Um, we're trying to tamp down any obvious bad balance issues.
1: No, mm-hmm. oh, that makes a lot of sense. I like that. <clears throat>
2: I'm just telling them, i'm just reading chat uh so nary's already yes, asked something i was actually talking with josh a bit about today um about 75, 75 card deck draw variants and design balance issues um yeah so i think part of that is just um and this i'm gonna borrow a phrase from tdc jason here uh a lot of a lot of stuff that came out in house, house of morrowind lent itself to like three color good stuff decks uh, um, yeah. so it's not like, and I think you see that because a lot of the mechanics from House Mormon don't get see a ton of play anymore. Um, so I think that that's one way that you can approach doing those in a more holistic and healthier fashion, um, is to make them more focused. Uh, I mean, I don't, I, I don't know what our will look like at this point We're we're still in the very, very beginning stages of trying to figure it out. Um, yeah but i think hopefully that answers your question there is a um at least a little bit i have heard tdc jason
1: both in person and on this podcast use that exact phrase to describe three dollar decks
2: Yep. <laughs> um,
0: i mean i think that's fair though uh yeah i mean that's what you almost have to do to offset the larger deck size right it's it's going to be bigger so you're not going to be able to go all in on a specific theme or a game plan the way you do with the smaller decks and so in order to mitigate that you just have to make sure your every draw is potentially impactful so you you kind of get this jumbled mess of exactly that three three color good stuff
2: right yep and i well i mean and part of it too is I think right now, it's in general in the game. There's a ton of draw and a ton of cycle, um, mm-hmm. so three color decks especially benefit from that because you can smooth out, you know, the bad spots. If you get, you know, get your three color good stuff, like, well, I'll just play my, I'll play my Mastermind and I'll, I'll pick something or my Camel um,
0: or yeah. shadow marking. It's a good thing we didn't introduce cards that let us draw more, like a Wolf or something. Or hey, uh, Apex Apex wolf. Or... Apex wolf is amazing. Or, or an orc, or some green I'm, action, or... I'm Listen, nervous. all I'm saying is that uh, if draw is a problem, Frostbark didn't, <laughs> didn't help to tamper that. We may, may have needed a card that said something like, people can only draw one card per turn. That's what I'm trying to say.
2: Yeah, I don't know if that's the greatest thing there, but I also found that venues yeah. like this aren't the best thing for design discussion, so... Yeah. Yeah, um... And so Frankie, Frankie Hot Dogs asked how do get rid of three color, three color good stuff. Um, I mean, I think part of that Frankie is just, it's collection based, I think, um, like there is a sweet spot of balancing a synergistic focused mechanic for the three color stuff versus filling, filling those attributes with, um, like just straight out good cards. So, you know, it's a question of making the entire mechanic possibly you know, not great outside of its, att- its central attributes versus making cards that are just flat out good. Um,
1: I, th- I think I see what you're saying. Yeah. Um, it, it, it,
2: it, so I think Josh and I are planning on trying to write kind of an article about this stuff and okay. hopefully explain a bit more of our uh of our philosophy on it, um, but just the idea that we want players to like new content, I think, is a, a big part of it too. Um, so the fact that three color decks are ascended right now, um, it's not necessarily a bad thing from a design standpoint. Like that's we want players to play with the new content, um, and a big you know a part of the problem is that we haven't gotten new content for you know, like seven months or so. So we're we're right. we're very cognizant of that lack. Okay. <laughs>
0: what? I thought you were oblivious. No, you lived in a vacuum.
2: No, I just, yeah, I ignore everything, Derek. You know, you know that. Yeah,
0: I know. At least everything I send to you. I, I do ignore <laughs> everything, Derek.
2: <laughs> this is how
0: I know I'm loved, because that's the way my wife treats me. Oof.
2: Wow. <laughs> let's just, let's just move on, Justin. <laughs> Brutal, Derek. dude.
1: All right, man. I got you, Peter. Derek, hey to so, not talking. that's fine. so so, so we've kind of touched on, on on this a little bit now too. Um, the future of legends, right? So like mm-hmm. you know, Sparky pants has been clearly at the wheel for a while now. you know um, we've we've just got the first content from you guys we uh, the Frostbart collection mm-hmm. another name by the way, that I've struggled with. <laughs> but uh, we uh, and I have to admit, like I, I really enjoyed this, the Frostbark Collection, but I mean, it's just, it's just like a taste, just like a hint, of like what you guys' vision for the future might be, right? So, what, uh, what is your vision? You know, not detailed specifics, but your deep. Oh, whoa, I can see myself he, twice.
0: Yeah, he's he's coming back. There was a small drop. Sorry, I
1: dropped. Um... Sorry. Right. That's what happens when I start talking for too long. People are like, dude, <laughs> Justin, you just talk in circles. <laughs>
2: So you, you're asking kind of like long-term vision for yeah. content? Is that what you're well, for,
1: for the game in general, I mean, I don't want to ask specific questions. I know you can't answer them, but like mm-hmm. your vision for the future of Legends, I guess, is kind of.
2: Um. I mean, it's tough to, it's tough for me to answer that right now because my team hasn't started yet. Um, and the team is going to be a big part of that because they're going to bring a lot of unique stuff to the table. Um, my hope is that we'll be able to start doing content regularly. Um, we'll have features regularly. And kind of touched on, I think someone asked about deck copy and paste. Um, like deck sharing is actually one of our high priority features. Like we don't have we don't have a solid roadmap yet, but we do have like a priority listing of stuff. So new content is very high on that list um, and like kind of proving out our processes and our pipelines to figure out how the best we can do it. Um, and also stuff like deck sharing, um, tournaments, Better spectator mode, um, yeah. So it's not it's not necessarily like what I want to see from the game. Like I'm I'm still just a person. Like a lot of it is what the community wants from the game. Um, and so I think a lot of the stuff we're doing is hopefully stuff that the community actually cares about. So it's it's never going to be just us steering the boat, right? It's always going to be uh, collaborative with the community and Bethesda saying, okay, you know, what can we do to make the game better? that's kind of what drives a lot of our, most of our decisions i think if not all of them so
0: it, so totally. is it safe to say that like your top priority item right now is a small my Yik the liar collection with a uh yes a series of khajiit modeled after justin and myself and their likeness
1: yeah i'll do the voice work for ten dollars
0: i mean i will I do think... it for nine
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, will, you,
0: will you go lower justin Yes. Yeah, we'll Listen. No, this I, is a package deal.
1: I, I bid a dollar. Like, you know.
0: <laughs> we need we need a. It's a small collection. There's a Maik the Fun, a Maik the Interactive. We'll yeah. each take a turn.
1: No, look, we've we've talked about this for literally years now.
0: When we had Pete Hines on, which was over a year ago, we said, "Where is Maik? And how do we get Justin and I?"
1: Yeah, we we need a we need a ten card collection that is uh, all dual attribute cards called Maik the Liar. <laughs> they all do different things. <laughs>
2: just, just yeah. confuse everyone yeah. yeah
1: this this is this is uh this is exactly what we need
0: yeah or at a minimum just like five unique legends one for each attribute yeah. right so that you can run myeek and because yeah. again it's it's a different myeek throughout history it would be lore friendly you know yeah, they could absolutely. all do different things
1: mm-hmm. and, and Chet brought up a good point the community already offered and I remember this they offered $50 for me to do a voiceover for every card I'm willing to do that for fifty dollars.
2: (laughs) Wow! Yeah, Uh, I'll uh... settle for
0: just one card. I don't even need to do every card. You don't have to pay me; just easter egg Mm. me in.
1: Yeah, your reaction's perfect because, like, I I know it's a horrible idea, but but the Mike Flyer thing is a great idea.
2: (laughs) I can't, I can't say no. I guess, but I don't have to say yes either. How about that? (laughs) (laughs) Totally Um, understandable. So, Frankie asked another good question um, about when gauntlets might be back and that's like that's something that that's something we want to evaluate frankie um we don't necessarily want to do gauntlets exactly the way they have been like you know kind of our drive to like that's what we've been doing is trying to get to parity with a lot of the stuff that wasn't the old client um gauntlets are something we think might we might be able to do better so you know like that that could tie into the tournament work for example so it's not a question of just not doing things just because they were done before, I guess, but can we do them, but make them better or more full-featured or, you know, um, not just kind of settle, give something good back to, to folks that are playing the game.
1: I like that. Uh, yeah, I mean, so, like, usually in the second half of the sh- the only other point we had so full disclosure guys we, we sent a list of stuff we want to talk about we've hit all those points and now we're we're actually at point seven, which i described as we've drifted far off course <laughs> so we oftentimes take questions from the audience i don't know i know you're pressed for time tonight um do you want to take a few questions
2: yeah sure i've been trying to answer stuff um chat's
1: chat's been pretty pretty well behaved so far
2: yeah like like a lot
1: of the questions that when during the interactive part tend to be
0: yeah also i'll i'll give this as like the the impromptu disclaimer so that pete doesn't have to there are some things he may not be able to answer and it's not just because of like his inability but um like some things he just might not know so like right out of the gate for example I, i see eternal youth talking about competitive scene and uh i'll let peter answer this but i'm gonna tell you that that he probably won't know much about that himself because some things are still bethesda's purview and some things are peter's and so while they work collaboratively he just may not know so don't like think he's dodging you it it legitimately is uh, a two-way street
2: (laughs) um yeah i mean uh, that's another kind of one of sparky's tenets is we try and be as transparent as possible when we can um yeah, you know, we're not bound by contracts or in days or whatever but yeah like derek says like competitive scene i would love to see see it grow i don't know what the plan is for that um we are planning to get in-game tournaments in at some point that's a high priority thing for us to do um but like i said like the roadmap is firming up in broad strokes but it's not at a point where we can say all right we're gonna have this stuff at this date, um, I don't know when it's going to happen. But it's still coming. It's still planned. Um, and like I said, we have... I told you guys the kind of priorities that we're looking at. It's just not... It's a question of kind of when. Um, Understandable. Yeah.
1: So uh, we'll start with, with with Softball. We'll ease your way into this. Right. Aeolus asks, who is Peter's favorite Legend streamer from New Zealand, and why isn't it Aeolus? <laughs> uh...
2: I don't know. Did I don't know River? River yeah, he doesn't stream anymore. But was he from was he from New Zealand or was he Australian? I knew he was from it's the from, outback. I like that Frodo yeah, guy.
1: Yeah, as far as I'm aware, New Zealand is populated by like ring bearers and.
0: I thought it was just uh, like Sermon. habits and green fruit,
2: sheep. Don't forget, there's lots of sheep in New Zealand. I hear. Yeah, so. sheep.
0: Oh yeah,
1: that guy who hosts the Amazing Race is from New.
2: Thanks, I, I, I say I as didn't. a guy who
1: watches quality <laughs> television. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: Um, So I, I kind of like this question here from uh is what is the plan for target audience niche now that the CCG market is getting more competitive? What players are you looking to capture to s- sustain the game?
2: Yeah. And that, that, so that, that kind of goes back to like a question I don't really have the answer to, but I do know that like most of the audience right now is on mobile. So I don't know if that means we try and expand mobile. Um, or I know us as developers, we're always trying to make sure mobile is super well supported from a, yeah. a platform standpoint, um, in terms of target audience like that, that might be a better question for Bethesda and Dezoa cause like you know, the, the other ones who control marketing spends and stuff like that. So they'd be able to tell you, we are spending money on this demographic. Uh, Know, right, right. To bring in stuff, or this is where we see the game being positioned. Like, that makes sense for, from my standpoint. Like, I, I like the way the game's designed. I like the way it plays. So I'm not, I don't have any plans to try and drive big changes to the game design wise, um to to capture a different market or anything like that. Like I I like the game the way it is. I don't want to see it change. Right. So you you,
1: you don't want to appeal to the uh to the audience that uh, that really loves to play
2: Shadowverse. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Yeah, we can That's change our style a little bit, I guess, and get some <laughs> anime feel to it.
0: It doesn't have to be for every card. We just need more
2: No, body, we don't body color cards. It can, no. be Mike the, it can be the Mike the Liar set. We can have it all be all anime, anime cats. Oh, right?
1: God, you're ruining the greatest <laughs> idea we've ever had. <laughs>
0: you know what? Listen, listen. No, hear me out. If we actually got a Mike the Liar collection and you and I got to voice something for it, I don't care if he looks like Lion-O from Thundercats. I will buy it.
1: Hey, Lionel's awesome. That's <laughs>
0: I'm dating myself here, but like, <laughs>
1: you take that back, bro. <laughs> uh, right. So, uh, I like this question here. Um, Drew Hoove asks, "What part of the lore are you most interested in?" As design- around.
2: I mean, it's a, that's a tough question because there's so much lore and most of my like it's funny i started playing elder scrolls games back in Daggerfall, which kind of dates me uh sure. because that was, <laughs> that's a long time ago um but i never really played them for the lore to be perfectly honest like i played them because it was a game you could just do cool stuff in and run around and kind of you know make my a point, dude
1: my point exactly i've never um, finished skyrim
2: <laughs> yeah i've i've played all of the elder scrolls games, but i've never i've never finished any of them like i always yeah. get I get like seventy hours in. I'm like, why am I still playing this game? And I never, got, I never did any of the main quest stuff. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so like the lore stuff, it's I don't know. Like it's there is a there is a lot to explore, um, and something that I think might be cool to do in the future, and something that the game has done in the past is they've kind of done, they've kind of piggybacked mm-hmm. on what Elder Scrolls Online is doing, lore wise. Mm-hmm. So. Um, yeah, that might be a cool thing we can do in the future is kind of keep that relationship going. So, yeah. So yeah. I don't know.
0: So his official answer in case you missed it was lusty Argonian made.
1: Yeah.
2: And, oh. and well, I, it, I mean, it's funny. Cause I think that was the brainchild of Ken Rolston who actually worked with the big each games um, for oh, a while. Really? Yeah. And interesting guy. Uh, <laughs> very smart, but super, super weird. Um, <laughs> but but if the
1: Lusty argonian maid ever gets made into like a, a story um
2: mm-hmm.
1: that you get to play through and uh you need somebody to do some voice work for it
2: <laughs> so i'm getting the sense you want to contribute some voice work to the game justin
1: <laughs> no nah, man i just like to be i'm just happy to be here to be honest with you <laughs> that's that's my uh, honest answer yeah my
0: honest um, answer is yes sign me up either either a card voice line or something in a
2: story We'll, just, we'll have you guys like shouting in the background of something, just yelling.
1: It's awesome. That's how conversations yeah. between the two of us go anyway. Yeah, <laughs> I'm talking and Derek shouting in the background.
2: Um, um, and so I'm gonna take a question now because I see one that I like. Um, yeah. Zabluke asks, "Is there any chance for in-game export export deck system to work with web deck builders like Legends X?" Um, what we'll probably do is, so our import export system, our highest priority is gonna be. That's human readable, so that you'll be able to take, you'll be able to export a deck. It'll go to your clipboard, probably, paste it somewhere, and people will be able to read it. Um, that's a big thing. That's a big important usage of sharing decks like that. I think is because people aren't always going to be in the game to look look at stuff, right? So you need to be able to say, all right, I want to paste this on the forum, get feedback, or send it to the guy who's going to be a coaching session or whatever. Um, yeah, so. Dukemo says JSON. It might be JSON. That might be not readable enough. Well, and we'll do a custom thing. We'll see. Um, but my expectation was that any kind of web deck builder would be able to take that from there and, you know, write an importer and have it just work. So cool. that's you know having that is you know I was working on the spec for the deck sharing stuff recently, and that was a big thing that was on my mind was making sure that it works with not just our game but for the community as well so
0: awesome probably gonna write that extension in tdc json terrible Oof. <laughs> i think that's the first time i've ever been called terrible by a guest
2: <laughs> uh keep it up tell, the tell,
0: <laughs> tell, tell me how you really feel peter Jeez. Yeah. thought we were friends
1: oh, we're getting there now yeah this is what i'm, this is what I'm talking about
0: it's We're easy to turn it.
1: the it's easy to turn the guests against me, but to turn him against Derek takes takes fucking skill. <laughs> no, it just, take, it just
0: takes more dad jokes. That's all it ever takes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's was up. Um, so I got a question in chat from Shunara about Twitch overlays. I don't know what those are, but
2: um, so do you mean like, uh, like the innkeeper for Hearthstone? Yeah, Shunara, I'm assuming sure sure you know that's what you're talking exactly about. What he means yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know if that would be us or Bethesda doing that. I, I not something I have great sense for. It might be cool, um, because like I've been like I've tried to learn Gwent and Artifact a few times on my own, just like watching streams. And yeah. you understand it, but you, you know you can. If that if that if the streamer isn't hovering over a card actively, you're like, uh, yeah. what is that? What just happened? What does that do? Yeah. Uh, I have no idea. Honestly, the,
0: I think one of the biggest draws for extensions like that are not just the for the streamers don't get me wrong i'm sure they they love it but uh, i would really like it for competitive scene stuff too one of the biggest pieces of feedback we got from master series was that for new players who might be seeing it for the first time it wasn't necessarily super uh, accessible and while we were doing our best to kind of cover both entrenched audiences and new players with the commentary it's really hard to do so i think that you know, if if we do get to expand our competitive scene and we do start doing more things like that, I think it's a really big value there. No.
2: Yeah, and like like I said, like we are very receptive to community feedback. So, you know, one of our big pushes priorities is gonna be better spectator mode. So maybe in, in tandem with that, maybe we try and figure out I don't know if we have any who's done a Twitch extension before, but maybe <laughs> better spectator mode can be paired with having, you know, our own twitch overlay in game or something. Um huh. So we'll see. Uh, you know, th- this is all just pie in the sky. I, did, you know, kind of spitballing here. That mm. I'll probably be held to because I said it, but whatever. Uh, hey, I'll, man, I'll...
1: it's looking like July.
2: <laughs> I didn't say any dates. I never any dates. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry,
0: <laughs> that was a little blow the belt, man. And yeah, I'm no, the one who's no, terrible. I was...
1: No, that I wasn't I w- that was not directed at, at Peter. That, that, that not was at
0: all. that was directed at Pete.
1: Yeah, that was directed at Pete Hines. <laughs> 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 Alright, uh what other kind of questions we got here? Are there any chances we see premium card changes to moving cards like Gwent does?
2: Um so I know that our effects lead Ken, who actually he did a lot of the effects in older online too for their initial release, I think. Um hmm. He was working with ZeniMax at that point. Uh, like you, You've you kind of seen some of the stuff that he does already with the Frostbark collection. So like he does lots of awesome um, effects. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if... Uh, we probably wouldn't do a full, fully moving stuff. Um, but making premiums cooler is definitely something he wants to do. So more cool. animations uh, on the board, better effects. So, yeah.
1: Uh, scrolling up a little bit, um, Wayne McPain was curious if you could shed a little light on what happened with Drop Zone.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I, again, we're super transparent. Um, it just wasn't doing great, and then we were kind of surprised. Like, so things with with Game Forge kind of surpri- went went bad, kind of in a surprising way that we were not expecting. Um, so yeah, so like for me personally, like I. So I did a lot of the gear design on Drop Zone, a lot of the pilot design. Um, and I maintain that you know, Jason Coleman's probably watching right now. He'll, he'll argue with me about this till the cows come home. But I liked the, um, I really liked how we did the pilots in Drop Zone where we were giving players the power to customize stuff. Uh, I think there was just, there were a few failures just kind of as a whole. Where I don't think the game was monetized very well. And I don't know if it was marketed very well. Um, And I don't know if we positioned the game as well as we could have. I mean,
0: this is entirely my uh, unbiased, unpaid opinion. Um, And Justin can back me up because I said this when we met back in May in person. I I thought Peter looked bewildered when I said it. Um, So obviously when we got the news, uh, I went and I checked out Drop Zone um at the time I could really only play against bots players Mm. uh you know there wasn't wasn't enough actively online to routinely play against people but I actually really liked it like keep in mind I'm a guy who likes MOBAs and I like RTSs um it was one of those things where like if I had known about the game and and I'm kind of throwing this out there as maybe this backs up the marketing thing I'd never heard of it before if I'd known about it I totally would have played it at launch it's actually a lot of fun
2: like I really enjoyed it so yeah I and that's kind of what I mean about, like, the marketing aspect of stuff. Like, you know, obviously and Tesla kind of actually suffers from the same thing, too, um, where a lot of players just, just simply don't know about the game. Um, we can get in a second. Like, for, for Drop Zone, it was I think it, it underwent some changes at over the lifetime of its development, and I think like, you know, hindsight being 2020 like, it might have been better if we kept it as a really hardcore RTS game and just made it a premium price point instead of trying to go free to play. Um, but that's something that, you know, we'll never probably never know the answer to and can probably argue about forever, but yeah, Yeah. don't have a answer. Uh, but yeah, for Tesla, like when I was at E3 last year, uh, which was a lot of fun, it was great to meet lots of folks and I'm assuming we'll be going back next year. So maybe I'll get to see some people then too. Um, so many people that came by the booth, um, well, f- for one, they were just coming by because you get you get a, a card stamp so you can get a sweet roll from the booth. Um, nice. But they would also be like, oh, this game's out now? Or, you know, what is this game? Um, and so just again and again, like, I think there's a big opportunity there. And I guess this kind of doubles back to, I think, Endazo asked, you know, what what, what what market could you tap? Like, there's plenty of people out there who don't know about the game, but frankly, they enjoyed it a lot. Um Mm-hmm. My my personal goal was converting as many like lapsed Magic the Gathering players to playing Tesla as I could, because uh, that was something I noticed was like every time I was talking like t- telling people about the game, um, they would be like, "Oh, I used to play Magic," and then when they would leave, they'd be like, "Oh, I like this a lot. This was a lot of fun." So that was my my little personal kind of achievement for the week. For the week was trying to rack up rack up as many of those as I could.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I have to agree with like that. Like I, I'm always amazed when I go to these things and uh, I'm hanging around the Legends booth <clears throat> and it's some larger thing for the Bethesda's doing, whether it was either the Paxes or QuakeCon. gone. And like these are people who are entrenched into the Bethesda catalogue. <laughs> like, oh you, you guys have a card game? <laughs> so it's like yes. Yes, there is a card game. It's awesome.
2: Yeah, yeah I mean well part of it's because Legends is, is kind of a weird title in the larger scope of Bethesda games because that's not an RPG, like right. Mm-hmm. And that's something we might try and figure out in the future. Like, is there are there ways we can make it more like an RPG in some aspects for the single player stuff? Of like, mm-hmm. yeah. And I think, I think the old stuff that you that you see there, like you kind of see vestiges of it, like with the old, um, the idea of the card upgrades or yeah.
1: the level system.
2: Yeah, like. So there's, there are kind of hints at it, but it seems like it was never quite there. So, yeah, it's, it's. I, go ahead. I was gonna say, I remember like when I first started playing, like,
1: I I was in the closed beta for Legends, and like I had my wiped, I'd have to regain my fifty levels, and like, it was awesome. I don't even know. I mean, I mean, I'm just, I know I'm a guy who's like super susceptible to these sort of like, uh, incremental reward type systems. You know, and it just who i am but like these uh these reward they're like the like gaining a level and getting a card and a little bit of extra gold like it was really encouraging and like fun and it did hit that that part of the brain that like lights up when you upgrade your you know chain mail to plus one or whatever in a, in a role-playing game yeah and, and i i've for a couple of years now i've like been like hey man like i miss leveling up like why why aren't we doing this anymore
2: yeah i mean the, there's a definite drive for folks just want to fill up those xp bars right so right <laughs> um but yeah it, that's the kind of my personal like you know like you met yesterday like where i want to see the game go like personally i think it might yeah. be cooler if i could figure it i i with my designers and the other team could figure yeah. out you know is there a way to make to tie it more closely and you know kind of right make it feel more like a bethesda product in that way i guess um
1: i once uh i once sarcastically pitched to christian that people who reach legend rank one month should have early access to starfield <laughs> i was like that there you go man that's your marketing
2: <laughs> yeah, that's how you get people in there you go yeah. yep <laughs> um so i guess endozoa has been copy pasting this for a while uh in the past there are ads for esl events and client might something had similar happen for Walmart at some point i don't actually know for sure endozoa i don't know who controls what shows my client but I think it'd be great. Like that's what that's kind of what the panels are there for, and the client, is so we can do customizable news and stuff. Um, so my hope is that as things firm up, that's one of the things we'll be able to improve on is getting better, better ties from inside the client to what the community is doing outside the client. Whether that's a streamer doing a cool event or a tournament like Warp Meta, um, yeah, like a it's it's. I want the game to be tied closely to closely to the community, so. I would love to see something like that. Beautiful. Um
1: and I remember that that was something that was actually we we had talked about uh when we were at the summit was what that was gonna be used for and stuff and like I have been I've been I was excited to see it in the client. I, I feel like it's being underutilized at this point.
2: Yeah, I mean well it's it's something that we like we have plans to expand it, I guess. I don't yeah. know if like I agree with you, like I don't think it's being utilized quite as well as we could be doing it yet, so that, that that's our thing is we always we're always going to keep improving stuff so
1: i think that like and i, I know this is, that's the sort of statement that like anybody w- would make but like i think the there's evidence right like the fact is like we've seen more patches since sparky pants took over than we ever saw in the in the years that uh direwolf was running the ship I mean, you, you know, you're not saying that's just, that's just a fact. That's just the truth. <laughs> like the, the, the you know incremental upgrades or whatever, however you guys describe this, I don't know anything about computers or technology for that matter, but like it's working, right? Like, you know, you see problems get squashed pretty quickly, you know, and, and the, the patch notes are just, I mean, Derek notes, I don't read, but like, they're so long. They're <laughs> they so minutes. long. Yeah. yeah.
0: He doesn't read at all. Speaking, yeah. speaking of not reading, uh, Person of Secrets asked a question, and I I actually want all of us to answer it, because I love it. So the question is, what's your favorite tabletop game, and what's the worst designed component of that game?
2: Jeez. Oh, um, man. That's so my, long, my long-time favorite uh, has been Dominion, so fun deck-building game. Um, worst design component? I guess I would say... It might be the turns in a way, just because a lot of the decks you end up building, especially in the base set, are just you're trying to go infinite, I guess, in some way. So, if you're playing with more than three or four people, it takes forever for turns to for for to get back to you. So, just the idea of uh, like basically that's like that's your I get on the phone and I don't care what I don't care about the game time. Um, oh yeah, yeah. So that's not, that's not necessarily a bad design. It's just kind of a symptom of the the game. Um, yeah, what about you, Justin?
1: Uh, my favorite tabletop game is Clank. <laughs> and, I mean, yeah, I, I love Clank. I just love the game. And my the worst design component of it is that it takes a long time to set up, and it, and it takes a long time to, to put back in the box. I'm totally serious about this, actually. Like, there have been I would play <laughs> twice as much of that game if it wasn't such a hassle to, like, pick everything up and set it up and then put it all back in the box.
0: That's fair. Man. It's it's really hard for me to pick like a favorite tabletop game because I play so many of them. But yeah, uh, like if you count like if you count D and D as a tabletop game, then like I love D and D for obvious reasons. But I've always hated the armor class represented being like the difficulty to hit. Right, like putting on plate mail doesn't make me any tougher to hit. I think that armor always should have been damage reduction and not like ability to hit. But if you Don't, like, I know it's a tabletop RPG, but if you don't count that as, like, an actual tabletop, like, board game, uh, I would say Axis and Allies and the research mechanics. Like, I love Axis and Allies, but, like, throwing money at, like, a lottery chance to get research and then you have to roll randomly to see which research you hit always rubbed me the wrong way. So, um, I'd probably say that one. Um,
2: That was
1: was one of the most interesting questions that anyone's ever asked us. This is our 46th episode.
2: <laughs> Maybe I am your most interesting guest ever.
1: It's totally possible. I mean, this has been pretty great we'll so see. far.
0: We'll see. Yeah. You are easily the most interesting developer we've ever had on the show.
1: <laughs> That's true. There, there was a time when uh, I was in the special guest box and in the Justin box, and that was a that was a highlight until now. That was a highlight until now.
2: That's a, that was a dark day. <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, because New Croc asked when the picture on the Sparky Pants website was taken, um, I honestly don't know. I, I've had very long hair at certain points in my life, and my hair is curly, so when it gets long, it kind of froze out, so that's probably the picture you're looking at. Um, but yeah, so it, it was probably a couple years ago, I think, if I had to guess. Sweet. I, I always
1: I always use, like, ancient photos for me, and then, like, a few years will pass, and person will be like, well, you know what, I didn't look so bad in 2018, and then, so I'll throw up one of those. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I roll (laughs) Mm. oh yeah this is a great question from Angela Sola Uh, do you have a least favorite and favorite card for legends just like as a player what grinds Um, your gears and what 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 do you really like
2: so uh, my favorite card it has nothing to do with anything about the game um is Loyal Housecarl because Hmm. so if you ever if you ever looked at the buff Loyal Housecarl gives um it's called get in the house that's the name that's the name of the buff it gives (laughs) um and so for a while, I'd, I had misassigned the text. So you know how you get, the, you get the prompt that shows up when you're targeting the ability that tells you what it does? Yeah. For a while, that just said, get in the house. And I thought it was the best thing ever. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and keep in mind, this was in the middle of like you know lots of long days. And you yeah. know, you're, you're just loopy. And things are just weird. And you don't know what's going on half the time. And that was when we found that bug. And I came really close to saying, I'm not going to fix this. <laughs> I want to leave this the game. That's <laughs> um, awesome. Yeah. Um, so just get, get in the house, boys. Get in the house. Um, That's awesome. Least favorite? I don't, I'd have to think about that more. Uh, there's not, like, I don't have a clear least favorite card. Um, so, sorry, I'm yeah. disappointing here, Angelus. You, Angel you, you heard it
0: here first. His least favorite is Belmore, Spy Spymaster. Confirmed. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what to say, wait,
2: man. Way to push your agenda on me, Derek. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, dude. Uh, come
1: on.
0: Listen, I believe that everybody has the right to their own opinion, and I don't, you know, try to impose on people except for that,
2: except for me.
1: That reminds Derek. me of the disclaimer I put on my Twitch recently. Yeah. <laughs> Which I will not repeat. <laughs> uh, when you were when you, when you when you started playing the game, here, you, know, you said you're doing the six hour nights, like where you were off and on playing playing legends Mm -hmm. because you wanted to be a good player um what were you playing a lot of i mean this was you said this was a spring of this year right so a six hour game could have been one game of 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 support mage
2: (laughs) (laughs) no support mage i was doing i wanted to see what a free to play was like so i played totally free to play Um, okay and i I am mostly i'm more of a johnny player than anything else so i like to kind of I like to kind of find things i think are fun and see if i can win with them yes um so a lot of item battle mage made it into my made, made it to my lists. um and for a while i was trying to do you'd probably enjoy this justin i was trying to do i was trying to make a, an assassin prophecy deck based around barter and insightful scholar um oh yeah because i figured Prophecy cards in general are just worse than cards that don't have Prophecy. So if I can give those yeah. away, uh pretty. Uh, and then draw some extra cards. Yeah, because on average I'm going to be getting better cards back than I'm giving away. So, uh,
1: Dude, that is exactly how I feel about Barter. <laughs> Barter's an amazing card in the right deck because you're yeah. getting better cards because they're not ones in your deck. <laughs> That's funny.
2: There you go. Wayne McPain is on board with Prophecy Barter Assassin. <laughs> Hell
1: yeah. <laughs> um,
2: so yes, yeah, so look for that to be supported in a future in a future release because I am the lead, lead design. So.
1: <laughs> Absolute power, man. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh shoot. Burn the sky says genius idea. Burn the sky, one of the sixteen players at QuakeCon.
2: There we go. <laughs> oh. Uh, but yeah so other than that i was playing a lot of arena i like i like those high variance game modes like arena like draft oh, yeah um so I, and someone kind of asked about arena updates that's something that's on our minds um i don't know where it'll fit in the priorities but it's something we're talking about um so yeah so it's improving that and making more fleshing out the that kind of high variance mode would be great um in my mind because you know that's what i want to see as a player. So.
1: Oh totally. I mean, arena is like it is my favorite game mode too, man. Like I love arena and uh like it it does it it's every game is different. Every every draft is different, but every game is different too cuz you got an opponent with a, a deck as ridiculous if not more so than yours. Mm-hmm. Um so you get that novelty every time you sit down to play.
2: Yeah, I think that that you know, that's probably why I like games like Dominion so much too. Is like I think it's always different, right? Mm-hmm. Um and so that's why I'm particularly glad that we're having, you know, we have Josh, we have Paolo, Paolo Vitor coming. Like, these, those are the guys that I think can totally, absolutely nail the constructed side of stuff. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, I, guess, I guess Jason's no slash either. I don't know why i picked on Jason so much. Because
1: <laughs> <laughs> he's a really fun guy. Like, he, yeah. He, he's a really he, cool guy.
2: He'll take it well. Um,
1: Wait, Jason was in the car with us uh, down at QuakeCon when we... Um we hired an Uber to take us like on a five minute drive Mm. to, to a restaurant. And this Uber driver, apparently not from this area. uh, I mean, like, I don't mean like foreign born. I mean, like lived in Texas, but just didn't know this area for shit and drove us in a circle around the same highway on for like an hour. And Jason just sits there and like, like, just like, very mellow about the whole thing. Just, like, cracking jokes, like, playing it cool. Like, I'm sitting in, in the back seat, like, freaking freaking out. Jason's just like, yeah, it's all right. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, dude. Like, what is happening?
0: Uh, yeah. To, to give you an idea, there was a group of us going to this restaurant, and theirs was the first one to leave. And yeah. then, like, two more Ubers showed up after they'd already left to pick the rest of us up. And then I remember I was, like, the last Uber to leave the hotel, and... I think they arrived fifteen or twenty minutes after me at the actual restaurant. Yeah. Like we it, we thought that they'd showed up and left. It it had been that long. <laughs>
1: <It's> amazing. <laughs> um. So, uh, speak. I, I'm wondering because you know talking about the games you like and the style of legends you like. Have you played Slay the Spire?
2: Yeah, I've actually played that quite a lot recently. Um. Yeah. I tend to want to. I tend to like waiting for games to actually release before I play them but I've had I've been looking at for so, that for so long I just finally
1: yeah,
2: I, I like caved and, and bought it and yeah I, I like a lot it. it's a very fun game
1: that was my, my experience too I was like early access like I didn't got time for that but then I kept watching people and I was like oh my god this looks like the perfect game and yeah
2: so I... <laughs> yeah it's funny it, it, it's yeah it, it, it's funny because it's touched on a lot of stuff I've wanted to do in the past and stuff I've actually started prototyping with some of my other friends like cool like the kind of that meshing of RPG and deck building um
1: Absolutely, yeah. it does. It does feel like an RPG. It's I'm, it, it's. I'm glad you said that because, like, it does feel like you're building up your your character. You know, you're increasing your stats yeah. as you go. It's a lot of fun like that. And the, the art style really fits it well too.
2: Um, oh, so this is this is kind of a softball question. Uh, fiverr forty nine asks any any thoughts to adding best of three mode sideboarding. Yeah. Um, so one of our big priorities, Fiverr, is adding a tournament mode to the game. So that would include stuff. Best of three, um, conquest, last deck standing, that kind of stuff, last year, standing, whatever you want to call it. Um, I don't know if we'll have sideboards. I think that's kind of dick, like, sideboarding to me is a very magic concept. Um, Legends in general doesn't have that hard, that hard of a tech card, uh, pool. So I don't know if sideboarding would be super helpful in a lot of cases. Um, but again, like if it's something that, that like, you know, we're doing development and we figure out, you know, we get a lot of sentiment from the community was like, we're saying, you know, we're doing tournaments. Uh, what do you want to see? And people are like sideboarding, like, you know, that's the kind of thing you guys could do to kind of help develop the game. It um, helps do your stuff. So stay involved. Talk to, talk to Gavin on Reddit. He will, he will talk to you. Um, Yeah, stay involved. Sweet.
0: My wife just messaged me to see if I was okay because I keep touching my head. I was like, "No, Cthulhu! No, I'm not okay." (laughs) (laughs) Oh come on, come on now! So I responded and I was like, "No, I can make it to the end." And she said, "Do you want a bottle?" Man, I'm catching.
2: Wow!
1: Sounds like our wives have been hanging out.
2: Yeah, got some heat. Um said. so Shunar asked is arena gonna rotate ever he misses dark Brotherhood and Skyrim being in there. Um, yeah, so that's something I think we're interested in, in updating you know like I said, I'm a I, I'm a big arena a big limited game mode fan so uh freshing it up and you know adjusting content there, making a better experience is definitely on my mind. So sweet stuff will happen there. I don't know when, but it'll happen. That's awesome to hear.
1: I mean, I know that, like, you know, for over the years, like, suggestions like Arena Leaderboard, I think actually that was the only suggestion I made at the Summit, <laughs> was an Arena Leaderboard, um, have been things people have been talking about. And just just hearing that you're interested in it is great, because I don't think uh, we ever heard anybody else ever talk about Arena mode.
2: Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's something that Josh and I have kind of tossed around a little bit, because we both like those limited formats quite a bit. So. Oh, sweet. Figure out how we can improve that and make it a more full, fully fledged mode. Great!
1: One of the highlights of my life actually was building a magic cube and drafting it with him. <laughs> like, I'm not gonna lie, like that, I still get like geek something when I think about that. Like, that was great. Obviously, he kicked the shit out of me, but like, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Josh is a, a very cool guy. I'm glad he joined us. So.
1: Nah, I agree. Uh, let's uh, let's get a last call. Maybe, maybe a couple more questions. Um, what what do you want to know? Questions don't even have to be legends related. We're at that point in the show. We're we're deep in, in point seven now.
2: <laughs> deep tangent point. Um, Shanara, I kind of talked about the priorities a little bit earlier, but so new content, uh, establishing a good content cadence, so regular regular content releases. Um, New features, so that's stuff like um, tournaments, deck sharing, better spectator mode. Um, I think that's everything I said earlier. I think it's everything that's on our, on our internal list, so again, we don't we don't have a good roadmap of when that stuff's gonna actually happen, but that's kind of what our priorities are for development right now. Sweet. Hi Celine.
0: No, my cat has
1: joined us. <clears throat>
2: Kitty.
0: If you ever want to
1: do alternate art. (laughs) Oh, Celine. Yeah. Oh, zombie Hunter has a question. I'm actually curious about myself. Are we ever going to get the ability to view the banished zone?
2: Um, I don't know. Um, potentially, but I, I, yeah, I'm not sure it might happen. It might not. Fair. So,
1: Wayne McPain says your beard is glorious. Not a question, just an observation.
2: Thank you. Um, I, it just kind of happens naturally, so I can't really take too much credit for it. Um, good Understand- genes, I guess. Um,
1: understandable. My poor brother, man. He, he. Uh, I have a brother. Uh, <laughs> he's he's my, young, he's my younger brother. You know, so he's still you know not young, but he is my younger brother. He's going bald, and he. Uh, he can't grow a full beard. It's the saddest thing, Then I just... I don't know what to say.
2: That's terrible. I um, know.
1: We're going to have to vote him off the island.
2: <laughs> uh, so Silverfuse asked, adding, anim, adding animation for Pierce and Twilight? Um, yeah, we saw... Someone posted a thread about that, I think, about how we can make that better and, like, make it more obvious. And that's that's on my list of stuff to investigate. Um, and I think you'll see in the next past notes, like, we're we're trying to be very cognizant talk- about, like what cards display what information to the opponent. Um, so, like, I think one of the things that I, you're going to quote me on this, I'm not sure if this fix actually made it in, but stuff like Arcane Enchanter showing when an item, when you drew an item, basically. Um, hmm. Figuring out what cards should be doing that, what shouldn't. I think for the most part, they shouldn't be doing that, as we Josh and I landed on stuff. So, Okay. Yeah. Um Cool.
1: Well, I, I want to say, Peter, like this has been a real treat and a real uh, honor for us. Um, I we, yeah, I mean, like I, I really hope that the future involves us hanging out again, um, going out for Thai food again. Uh, that was that there. was
2: really good. that was a good Thai restaurant. So that was yeah. super good.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I, you you drove there, right? Because like we walked and it was pouring rain. <laughs> It was, but it was great. That was great, and uh, I I know that like I can only speak for myself, but like the people I talk to, uh, like we're all we're all jazzed by the takeover that, that Sparky Pants has done, and especially the the progress that's been made since the, the new client dropped. Like yeah. I, I personally have enjoyed the new content as well. Um, I thought that Frost Spark uh, has been pretty interesting, and um, I even killed a guy with a like a 2020 death hound a couple days ago.
2: Nice.
1: Yeah. And, uh, looking forward to more.
2: Well, yeah. I mean, you should definitely, uh, give a, give props to Josh because Frostbark was mostly his stuff. It was funny. Cause we were talking about like, you know, we weren't sure when I was going to come out and we were like, well, we should probably think about some more new content for like between then. And like a day later, Josh was like, all right, here's a small collection. Let's iterate on this. <laughs> so <laughs> I was like, oh, all right, great. Awesome. Um, yeah, so big shout out to Josh again. That's like the third one he's gotten. Shout out to Jason. I haven't given Jason a shout out yet. Just made fun of him. Um, but <laughs> Jason's great. Um, yeah. Cool. Yeah,
0: basically what I've learned is everybody's great and I'm terrible. This is a good show.
2: You are great in a terrible way. <laughs>
0: there. Right, so. that, that might be the nicest thing you've ever said to me, Peter.
2: <laughs> I try not to talk to you. So
0: I, that's why like. I that's why I said it might be the nicest thing because normally, normally it's nothing. It's uh, awesome. It's
1: awesome. Oh. Can we just like make fun of Derek for a while now? Like I'm down with it.
2: Uh, it was it was mostly uh, it was gentle making fun of Jason, just poking fun of. So. Nothing oh to, shit! Uh, Jason's prejudice. here. Yeah.
1: Jason, I told him a story about us and our horrible Uber driver at QuakeCon getting us lost driving around this that highway on off ramp thing forever.
0: I have a <laughs> I have a question. With Jason taking over his new duties, is it gonna be a conflict of interest if he still continues to moonlight as Ant Man?
2: I am I am confused. You must not like have
0: rod? you must not have seen the uh the podcast when he was on it. He has this helmet that uh is ant-man's helmet that he made oh okay and, and uh we made him wear it. it it is a glorious helmet like this doesn't even mean making fun of him like it's a fantastic oh, helmet
2: that's great it's great um <sighs> what jason does on his own time is jason's business so if he wants to keep being ant-man you can keep being ant-man it's 2018
1: so. man do what you want to do.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> didn't i say that during the master series is that yeah. what that's
0: from yeah you did during one of the qualifiers
2: are you, are you quoting yourself now, Justin? That's, you that
0: is exactly the level yeah. of narcissism that Justin that's, is. Yeah. That's,
2: the, that's the level I'd expect. A yeah. man who puts his face on, his, on a t-shirt. <laughs> Justin is the kind of guy that not
0: only quotes himself, but he's the kind of guy that'll be like, dude, I was listening to this guy the other day, and he had a great idea. And then he'll tell you the story, and it was him who said it, right? Yeah. Like,
1: yeah. I, I posted a post on Reddit yesterday where I called myself the Messiah. <laughs> so
2: this, Nothing wrong with a little ego, I guess. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> great answer. I got nothing. No, that's all right, man. It's late. Um, I'm loopy.
1: I totally understand. Um, we'd love to have you back anytime. Um, you know, maybe around uh, July, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> or whenever we're getting new content. Yeah, well, uh, so it's
2: July.
0: Well, <laughs> next time Peter's on is looking like July.
1: Yeah, but uh, thank you so much for joining us. Um, like I said, it was a real so.
0: So. Uh, before everybody like takes off, even though we're about to wrap up, uh, stick around. I am going to give away a premium Frostbark collection. Um, so don't take off quite yet just as a heads up, but we'll do that after we say the the final goodbyes. I just didn't want people to like take off and miss out on the opportunity.
2: What happens if I win Derek? Do I get it? I am in chat.
0: Yeah. uh, You have an equal opportunity to win (laughs) it it will become your code and you
2: can do with it as you see fit. I'm going to keep it. I've earned it. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs>
1: All right. So, yeah, let's uh, let's close out the way we always do. Uh, do you want to, Peter, do you want to say the magic words? All you got to do is say, see you on the ladder.
2: See you on the ladder, guys. <laughs>